You're listening to the Zoe Turner Podcast, business and mindset conversations that will help you move from fear and uncertainty to development and growth so that you can crush both life and business. Please welcome your host, Zoe Turner. I'm great. You know what? I'm grateful every day for health. I think that's uh, something that we we take for granted. I feel like I don't take it for granted. I feel like for probably the last four years, I've really um, I've really realized that health is everything. You can work as hard as you possibly can to build something. You can work 20 hours a day. You can try to achieve all these goals and have all these dreams, but the minutes your health is taken away from you, it all stops. And, 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 and it means nothing. Everything you've been working for and doing for the last how many years just literally stops yeah. because your health is not right. So I'm really grateful just to have my health, my kids' health, my, uh, my family's health, my fiance's health. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. You've been really open about your mental health struggles in the past, Chris, namely depression, uh, which brings me on to my next question. Your work, you work in a job that consistently you have to show up every single day you can't just put your head under the duvet and not show yourself to the world like how do you do it how do you maintain how do you navigate the down days and what challenges have you experienced yeah you know I just it's interesting that sometimes the radio side and what you do on on air is actually a bit of an escape. It's that yeah. it, it makes you feel good. Like I love doing what I get to do on the radio, you know? So even in those horrible times or those horrible days where you may be feeling just like blah, once you, once that microphone goes on and once you're on a, you know, on the radio, you, you know, you feel, you feel good, you know? And I also feel like I've got a responsibility as well because I know there'd be a lot of people who may be driving to work or whoever got us on wherever they're listening to us and, you know, they may be feeling, they may be going through a heartbreak or, you know, a breakup or the death of a loved one or going through their own issues. And I know that a lot of the time we, we hear it, people turn us on and they're like, we just love listening to you. You make us laugh or you, you make us feel refreshed. And so I, I feel like there's a bit of that responsibility when I'm not feeling up to it. And, and that does happen every so often where, you know, it's not that I don't feel up to it. You just have different, you know, your, your body wakes up differently every morning. You know, sometimes I wake up in the morning, I'm like, yes, I've got this. Let's go. We're going to have an amazing day. And sometimes I wake up and I'll be like, oh, you know, that alarm goes off around 4.20 every morning. And you're like, oh, man, you know, I might have a headache or I'm just not feeling great. And, you know, you've had a, you've had an argument with your, your, your missus or, your, you know, something's not going right. But, you know, you turn up, you know, you have to turn up. That's the responsibility that I've taken in my career. And, you know, if you... You just want to get it done. You got to get it done. You have a responsibility. I've just had a little quick look at your Instagram stories from your um, Jitex talk yesterday, and I'd actually thought about asking you this question before I before I looked at that story. And uh, let's talk a little bit more about what you were talking about then, because you said that there was at one point, you know, when things were tough, that you couldn't even open the door in in the office for when you were going into work. Can you explain yeah, like a little there bit was more a mo- about that? Yeah, there was a moment in, in my life, you know, uh, many years ago where I was just, I had never suffered. I'd never felt what anxiety was, right? I never knew what that was. You would hear people talk to you about it. You would hear people mention it. But if you never experienced it, you can't relate. Mm. 
right? It's just something that someone says. 100% get that because I experienced that with my grandfather. When I lost my granddad about four years ago, I've never, never experienced depression before in my life. And then it just suddenly yeah. hit me. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you can't, you got to be able to relate to people. And, you know, if you haven't gone through something that someone's going through, you can't relate, unfortunately. It's not the other person's fault. You know, I've got a friend of mine who never, ever felt anxiety and I used to tell him about what I was going through. He couldn't relate to it. And then about five years later, he went scuba diving and uh, he was under the water and he had just started. This is his first sort of like major dive. And for the first time in his life, he had an anxiety attack. He had never felt it. And so he had this anxiety attack where he just felt helpless and he felt like he was going to die and he couldn't breathe and all these things. And then he had to get up and he called me up afterwards. He said, man, all those times you mentioned about anxiety, I had no idea what you were talking about. I thought to myself, this guy, what's wrong with him? Get on, get on with it. He said, I experienced it for the first time over the weekend and OMG, it's horrible. So, you know, when I felt anxiety, it, it, it stemmed from, you know, I don't know where it came from to tell you the truth. It, it, was, it was brought on, I think, maybe from just everything moving really fast in my life. I, at one moment, I was a single guy living in Australia. The next moment, I was living with my... Uh, you know, a, a girl that I had just met, she was now pregnant. I had a baby on the way. Uh, I was living in a country where I knew no one. Um, I was in a new job away from my family. And I think just all of that triggered it. And anxiety runs in, runs in my family as well. There are a few members in my family, they have it. And so I think it just sort of sprawled on then. And, it, and I manifested on it. And when you manifest on something, you make it bigger sometimes, mm -hmm. right? And um, I think it just, it, it sort of, it started small. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger in my head. And there was a point where me going to do my, my radio show was really difficult. Was really di I, I manifested it so much. I created so much in my head that am I going to be able to do my radio show? Maybe I won't be able to do my radio show anymore. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I've got a baby on the way. Am I going to be able to live my life? How am I going to support everyone? You have these thoughts. But they're just thoughts. You've just created them in your mind, but they become so real. So those moments when I was going to do the radio show, it was so built up with hours upon hours upon days of just thoughts that it was when I opened up that studio door, I was finding it difficult to do so. Um, you know, but you, you get through it. You get through it and you keep going and you reach out for help and you find different ways to handle and deal with it. And you seem to be in a good place now. Your previous relationship has, or your previous marriages, um, you've divorced and you've met a beautiful lady who you're engaged to be married to. What does being in a good relationship mean to you? Yeah, listen, a good, rela good relationships mean everything. Now, relationships are so difficult. I think, you know, I think, we again, it's something that we take for granted is yeah. being in a good relationship. Yeah. You know, and, and what defines a good relationship? Well, who knows? I think you can only identify that when you're in that relationship. Um, I think a lot of people are in relationships because it's the thing they have to do. Mm. You know, they have kids and they're just getting on with their lives every single day. And this is what we have to do. This is what I signed up for. Being in a good relationship, you want to you want to make sure that there's love, respect. And, and I'm feeling this now with Brianna. We've been together for, for six years. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's give and take. It's love. It's respect. It's understanding. It's arguing. It's mm -hmm. driving each other crazy. 
we work together so closely as well. She helps me run Fade Fit as a company. She's the brand manager and really the operations behind it and the backbone. So we're not only are we in a relationship together, we're together in a business as well. So we, we have our hard times, but I know that, you know, you know, you know, sometimes you click with someone, you realize, okay, this is, this is long term. And, you know, inshallah it is, I'm happy. She's happy. We have our ups and downs like everyone else. It hasn't been easy for her as well. As obviously, you know, being a father to two gorgeous girls, you know, she's, a, she's, she's joined a, a, a man that already has children who has an ex-wife. There's, there's, there's baggage, right? And that's not easy for anyone to, to be part of, right? Um, even though I look at it from my end where I'm like, yes, but we're a happy family and we're amazing. And look at my daughters for, for her. She loves, she loves them and loves me, but it's, it's something that you've got to adapt to. So I try to put myself into her position and she puts herself into my position as well and has to understand how it all is. But, yeah. you know, I mean, we're, 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 we're touch wood in a happy place and, you know, hopefully we, we get married soon. We're supposed to get married this year, but then the virus sort of just prolonged a, a few of the, of, of that happening and we're just waiting to see when it's going to happen. You seem to have the awesome family. I was chatting to a a friend of mine when we were cycling about a year ago. She's been married for years. And I I, I was saying to her, how, you know, how do you do it? What's your secret? And she was like, Zoe, she said, these days people just give in too easily. And I think that is so true. Like what always, especially I think when you're a little bit older and you've had previous relationships, you know, and it's just so easy to throw in the towel these days. Um, I've experienced something similar myself and it's just, you know, I, I think it was just so nice if you can meet someone and just have that commitment that no matter what life throws at you, you're in it together and you're just going to get through it together rather than kind of walk away. And I think as well, you know, these days, because marriage isn't, I know you guys are, are getting married, but for some people, marriage these days, it just isn't the done thing. You know, they like to be in like long-term relationships. And I just think having that ring on the finger, it's just a, a good commitment that you're not going to walk away that easy, that you're going to stick at it. Yeah, totally. I agree. I mean, listen, marriage is not for everyone. You know, I have, I've got a friend right now that has, that lives in Australia that has been with his partner for 22 years and they have three children. They're not married. It's, it's something, it's a formality that they don't want to go through. That may be just for themselves because they don't want to feel like they're locked down, whatever it is. Um, On paper, on on paper, they're not married, but everything else they are. (laughs) Even if you want to. Even if they were to split, they would still have to go through a divorce. There would still be the legal increments of, of, of everything they have to go through, right? So I just think, I think people do give up. I think people do give up too easily. But you've got to understand, you've got to make sure that you're happy as well. You don't want to be in a relationship where you're not happy. But you've got to, you can't be selfish about it. Mm. You've got to work out, is your partner giving, is your partner trying? Is, are they, he or she trying to deliver in this relationship? If it's a one-way system and you're delivering and you realize you're not getting anything back, well, you know, then there's a different story. Then you can probably say, you know what, I deserve someone to give me that love, that respect, that, you know, that that the companionship. That's what we want. We want to, but yes, giving up too easy, like when, oh yeah, we're arguing a bit. And I don't know. I just don't find him or her attractive anymore. And, you know, it's just whatever. You know, sometimes you got to work through that, you know, and I'm at the end of the day, when you get older, you know, when we're 70 and 80 years old, you want to be with your best friend. 
course. You know, you want to have, you want to be with your best friend. You want to have that companionship. And I, you know, speak to a lot of people about going through relationship issues where I'm like, that honeymoon period that you were after will only last so long. Like a relationship is never a honeymoon period forever, you know, and, and, and it does turn into reality. You become best friends, you know, and as long as you've got that best friends, but you've got that connection still and you find each other attractive, I think that's really important. And, you know, one of my friends uh, who recently divorced, you know, I remember speaking to him about his relationship and he was married with kids and he goes, yeah, we don't ever fight. We don't fight. And I'm like, gosh, that's so cool that you don't fight. Like, and in my head, I remember telling my, my partner going, they don't fight. Right. <laughs> and then about a year and a half later, he tells me, yeah, we're getting a divorce. I was like, wow, how did that happen? Oh yeah. Just, there's just no connection between us. There's, there's just nothing there. I'm like, well, maybe that's why they weren't fighting initially because there was just nothing going on. There was no, there was no, there was no communication. There was, that's why you didn't fight because when you're passionate about things and you've got your own views on life and you're discussing things all the time, you have arguments and arguments are normal, but it's the way that you can end the argument that really makes the relationship, I feel, you know, and even the way that you argue, I think is important. You know, there's a way of arguing There's there's a way of having still somewhat class and exactly. respect for each other when you argue, you know, yeah. I think that's really important. 100%. Because I think when you cross over certain lines, there's, there's definitely no going back. Have you found 100%. it more, have you found it more challenging um, navigating your relationship, being in the public eye and being in the UAE? Um, not so much. Listen, my whole life is pretty much shared on the radio every single morning. And I'm, and I get, you know, I, I share everything. I mean, I share everything on my Instagram. I share, I'm not a person now where I feel like embarrassed to share anything, you know, like I don't, you know, people, people will, will always have their views or their comments, which is great. I think that's great to have your views and your comments. Some people feel like they want to share that on social media, even if it's a, a negative. Um, and that comes with the positives, you know, I may receive, 200 positive messages and then just one or two snarky negatives. And I, I take it with a grain of salt. It's like, well, it's, it's part of the territory, you know, that's what you got to do. So not really like, I'm happy to share it. I share what I want. There's obviously stuff that I don't put on there. You know, what, what everyone sees on social media or, or whatever I say on the radio, there are, there are many things that don't ever make that, you know, because they are probably two personal things that I want to keep within, you know, this household between Brianna and I, or 100%. my children and I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think when you live your life in the public eye, you know, there's in, in you're letting people into your world, you have to keep something, something to yourself. But Chris, you've achieved some fantastic things here in the UAE since you've been here and you connect with the hearts of so many people. Kids love you. <laughs> Moms love you. And I think even the grannies love you. Um, like, what do you do to connect with your heart? I don't know. Like I, I think just my, I, I feel like when I was just our upbringing, I think mum and dad did a really good job, especially mum with the love. I think it's really important. And, you know, I feel, I feel not sorry, but you know, for children that were brought up without that love from their parents, because I really believe that, you know, as a young child, you develop and, and the way that you're treated by your parents and the way that you're brought up, I really do believe it, it, it plays such a huge role on that person as they get older. 
and we were we were brought up in a very warm Lebanese family. There was a lot of love, like from my grandparents, from my uncles, from my mum, from my sisters. We were, we were always you're always hugging, you're always kissing each other, you're always telling each other I love you. And I think that's so important. And from that connection as a child, I felt like it's brought me through where I am today as a man. And I want to be able to relate. And, and, and what I really find important is human connection, being able to connect with someone, someone that I may not know. If I'm saying something on the radio, you know, as, as, as we record this interview, you know, Christmas is upon us. And even this morning on the radio, I, as I know all the mums and dads and nannies and drivers are in the car dropping the kids to school, you know, I, I received a, a special envelope from Santa Claus. Mm. And that envelope was to say that Santa Claus has just been given permission to travel around the world and he's going to be in everyone's household and he's going to be delivering these gifts. So COVID is not going to affect Santa Claus and he's going to be wearing his mask and the reindeer <laughs> wearing their masks. So Aww. Santa Claus, get ready, kids. Yeah. He's coming. He's coming. He's ready to come to Dubai. Uh-huh. He's ready to come to Australia, America. You so me saying that at that time, I know what it's going to do. It's going to make a connection with every single mum, dad in that car with their children. You know, and 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 I instantly get messages. Thank you so much for saying that, Chris. That just meant a lot to us. You've really just brightened up the mood. Oh, thanks, Chris. We needed to hear that. My kids are in the car right now loving that news. Thanks. So it's those little things where I just, I want to try to relate to everyone that's listening to the show, you know, or, or following me on social media. And, you know, I think that's really important. Human connection is just so important. If I can reply to, I can't reply to every message that I get on social media, but like, you know, for example, you hit me up on Instagram and, you know, I want to be able to try to give back where I possibly can. So, you know, you said, do you want to try to do this? You and I have been working on a month trying to get this done and we finally got it done, Mm -hmm. you know, but like it's, it's the connection between one another. We've never met. We don't know each other, but I want to try to assist if I possibly can. Mm. Yeah. We have actually met once before very, very briefly. Do you remember? Nowhere. You gave me an award. um, I was um, fighting in a white collar boxing match and you presented me with an award. That and you remember who I was fighting? Was it my ex? Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Wow. That would have been like that that would have been like years ago. Twenty twelve. That was. Yeah, it was back in twenty twelve. Now, and I remember then. Like, um, did you watch the fight? Do you remember the fight? Not really, but tell me. Yeah, well, look, I mean, if there'd been a winner, um, my opponent, um, your ex, Maz, would have definitely won. But there was definitely a bit of a rocky moment in there for me because um, I think I was 100% the underdog. Um, I was, um, I, I, I weighed quite a few kg less, um, and that power, that extra kg when you're in that ring, is a lot and I remember at the beginning of the fight I went to touch gloves with her at the beginning and she just like went straight at me and I think she was trying to knock me out 
And um, but yeah. Oh was- my 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 I listen. She, my, my my ex could somewhat. I mean, I I she wasn't a professional fighter or anything like that, but she knew how to throw a punch, oh, right? She could fight. So, she could punch definitely. Yeah. But my endurance um, really put me in good stead. At the time, I used to do a lot of um, trail running. 40k trail runs a lot of endurance and my recovery was really quick as well so once I realized how powerful she was and I just got my standing in that ring you know um I put up a good fight and yeah like people were cheering me on at the end of that fight because I think they I think you know it was expected that I think he was even going to stop the ref was even going to stop the fight in the first round and I'm thinking no don't you dare stop this fight I've trained so hard for this don't you dare stop it but um no it was a great experience she was a great opponent and um yeah I really enjoyed it it was and I remember you giving me the award and I remember thinking then that you just seemed like such a nice guy when you gave me that award and then I got to follow you, you on Instagram and that con- confirmed pretty much what I thought. Yeah. But so we have met well, back in, back in 2012, albeit well, very, very briefly. Credit, credit on you on anyone that steps into a fighting ring to fight someone. I've been given the opportunity many times to get into a ring. I've even been offered money to get, and I'm like, no chance. I can fight a little bit. I do a little bit of MMA or boxing or whatever, but to get into a ring and actually fight, I give you credit because that is not an easy thing to do. Very, very difficult thing. So I'm sure after that though, it changed That would have changed something about you. I'm sure once you leave a, a ring after getting into an actual fight and after all that training, I'm sure you came out of it a little bit differently. Yeah, I remember having a bit of whiplash, that's for sure. <laughs> I couldn't move my neck. Um, but yeah, look, I remember leading up to that fight, um, I do a lot of visualization and uh, and I knew that because I'd done a little bit of research and I'd seen... Um, I'd seen Mars on the pads. There was something on online somewhere, and I'd come and I could see a. And I thought she's a good puncher, and um, and even when we weighed in, she was about five and a half kg heavier than me. I weighed in at forty nine and a half kg, and because she, you, you, she's a. She's a very she's a small woman. She's not a no, she's not a large woman. She's not a big lady, but but at the time I was absolutely I was just like tiny. I'm a lot heavier than that now. But um 49.5 and then and that was at the weigh-in. And of course, after the weigh-in, you've cut weight. So when you're actually getting that ring, there's going to be a few more kg. And so, so yeah, so I knew I was up for a good fight. So I did a lot of um visualization before I went into that fight. Um and um and yeah look i mean it was like anything in life when you train and you dedicate yourself to something for and you set yourself a goal and you work towards that goal when you achieve it no matter whether or not you win or you lose as long as you just go out there and you give it your best you know and i did i i give it the best of course once when i got in that ring or every bit of strategy everything I thought of just kind of went out the window and um but yeah no I it did I did change me in many ways I was just really 
you know, I was quite proud of myself, but I don't like being hit, you know. I love doing a bit of pad work and, you know, and all of that, that side of the boxing. But actually being punched, um, it's not one of the most pleasurable <laughs> Horrible experiences. I don't think there's many people that be like, I actually like getting punched. It's a, it's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling getting knocked out. It's a horrible feeling. Uh, I got put to sleep once by Hoist Gracie, who's one of the pioneers of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So he put me in a rear naked chokehold and just knocked me out. Yeah. And I mean, even that wasn't pleasant. That's, you're suffocating. So as I said, getting into a, into a ring or a cage is is remarkable so well done and uh and i'll pass on this to uh to my ex maz as well okay yeah no she was a wonderful opponent so chris what is your biggest fear i think biggest fear for me is death you know i think it's one of the most common fears fears that most people uh sort of face you know it's just death in in general one of the things for me is just being a dad you know like you know making sure I'm always here for my girls. That's all I want to be able to do. And, and that, that, I think that's what gives me the fear of death. I think when before, before I was a father, like, ah, whatever, I'll do anything. I'll do a jump in, have a plane. I'll get into a, I'll get into a boxing ring. I'll do any of that. But when I became a father, it sort of changed. It's always like, I've got to make sure that I'm okay. Is everything okay? I've got to make sure I've got to look after everyone, you know, like, so for me, it's death. It's, that, that is, that is my fear. That is my fear. Thank you for answering that truthfully. You speak to a lot of guys and they're like, oh, I don't fear anything. And it's like, come no. on, come on, you must, you must fear something. Which brings me on to my next question, Chris. You've interviewed some pretty incredible people um, on the radio and your career has taken you to some fantastic places. Um, do you get nervous? Or do you get scared about any of these kind of public speaking events or any people that you speak to? Because I still get nervous every time I do an interview. I'm hoping that will get easier over time. But does it? Coming from a seasoned it, pro, does it? It doesn't. It, it, it's a different feeling. It's No, there's nerves definitely in there, but it's more the adrenaline and rushing that creates those nerves. So sometimes you've got to just work out it's not nervous. You're capable of doing it. You know you're going to do it. But you're just in this, you know, I, I, and I know the difference because when I'm interviewing a big name, I remember flying to Paris to interview The Rock and Kevin Hart earlier this year. And I was not, I was nervous, but it wasn't. It was just the feeling of, you want to make sure that it all gets done. You, you, you're there for a moment. You want to make sure you get the interview in, right? You just want to get that. So it's it's more about it's not being nervous. But when I when I was interviewing Will Smith, which in that interview I I was proposing to Brianna, which I'm sure you've seen when I proposed to Brianna, uh-huh. I had Will Smith help me out, right? I realized I was nervous. That was nervousness, and I realized the difference between being having the adrenaline in my body running and being nervous. So when I'm interviewing anyone, it's the adrenaline. It's, it's, I'm ready to get it done. Let's go. You have this feeling upon you. But when I was doing it with Will Smith, knowing that he was going to help me propose to Brianna and she was on this rooftop hiding away and having no idea, I was nervous. I felt like I was going to faint. Like I felt like I woke up in the morning feeling sick. Like I literally felt my stomach was all over the place. I'm like, did I eat something wrong last night? What's going on? 
And then I realized, oh, this is what they say when you're nervous. Your, your stomach's churning. I was nervous. And then I was interviewing Will Smith. And even in the interview, I said to Will, man, I'm not listening to a word you're saying. I'm like, I'm, I'm hyperventilating right now. He's like, I know, I know. He goes, I, and I can understand why. You're just about to go propose to your girlfriend. So I, I defined that that was a, the, the difference. So if, you're, if anyone's jumping on a stage or interviewing someone, a lot of the time it's not being nervous. It's the adrenaline in your body just getting you ready to do something different. How did that you know, come and about? That's what you just work out. How, did that that? Come, how did that come about with Will? How did it come about that he was going to be there when you proposed to Brianna? I, I was asked... Disney contacted me to say, do you want to go do an interview with the cast of uh, Aladdin at the time? And I said, sure. Uh, Will wasn't doing any interviews, though, when we were there. It was more to do the other cast. And I, I asked if I, I said, I want to be able to get an interview with Will if we do go there. If I'm going to take the trip to Jordan, I want to get an interview with Will. I'd interviewed him a few times before. I knew his team. He knew of me. And then I pitched the idea to, uh, to Disney. I said, you know what, I'm actually planning on proposing to Brianna and I had another few ideas, but this is something I said, maybe Will can help me do it. They spoke to Will's team. Will's, they, the team spoke to Will. Will was like, I'm 100% in. He calls me up uh, when I get to Jordan and he was like, are we really going to do this? I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this. And um, he actually orchestrated a lot of it for me. He came up with the idea of him pretending to take a selfie with Brianna then get on one knee and me do that. And so it sort of was, uh, he's, he's such an amazing human being, man. He's, he's a really, you know, I say this all the time, the bigger the star, usually the more amazing that they are. And uh, especially with Will Smith, he's just such a genuine human being. And, you know, the coolest thing about it is as I'm proposing to Brianna, Will's holding my phone, my mobile phone, and he's still cool enough to take photos as I'm doing it. So if you look at the video of me proposing to Brianna after it, I'm on one knee, you see Will Smith with my phone taking photos. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is so cool. I got Will Smith taking photos of me and Brianna, you know, like crazy. Awesome. Awesome. So other than that moment, has there been any other experience or any person that you've interviewed as part of your career that really stands out to you that you found particularly inspirational? I just, man, I, listen, uh, the likes of Richard Branson. So Richard Branson, I get, I've interviewed, you know, a number of times, more than 10 times. I've got to hang out with Sir Richard Branson in private setting, you know, one-on-one -on -one time with, 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 with Sir Richard Branson. He's just a cool individual, man. Like what you see, what you see is what you get. He's so genuine. You realize why someone is so successful when you see someone like that, uh, when you see him on the outside and you see him on the inside of certain situations being in closed rooms. So I really find that, you know, the likes of Sir Richard Branson, Gary V. I don't, I'm not sure if you know who Gary V is, but mm -hmm. an amazing person on social media, an entrepreneur within himself. Again, just someone that what I love seeing, I love seeing the people that you see on social media or you see on TV. And when you meet them, you, they're the same people. That's what I love seeing. And so those are the type of people that, that, I, that I just find really, really amazing. Uh, Chloe Kardashian, unbelievable. You know, you hear this Kardashian name and you're not sure what you're going to get. And I've had the opportunity of interviewing most of the Kardashians, but Chloe, for me, I've interviewed her a few times. It's just always so lovely, always so bubbly, always mm -hmm. so real. Mm -hmm. You know, these people don't have to do this. They don't have to do it. They can sit back and 
be who they want, but they they're great, they're genuine. So there's a few. The bigger the the bigger the star is, the better they are. I, I always say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think a lot of people might think it's the opposite way, but generally, I think they just tend to be more down to earth and more real. Yeah, I don't think they've got anything to prove, so they can just be exactly. themselves, you know. And I think that's exactly you know, so yeah chris tell us a little bit more about uh fade fit um i'm beginning to see a lot more new products in the shops now on the shelves what was the inspiration behind it and what is your vision for the future so yeah fade fit is a um it's a brand now that we've created with my daughters and brianna and uh it's what started off to be a bit of a movement within me getting fit because i i went through my own fitness and my own transition of just losing a bunch of weight um it was a support network for other people going through it from there it's actually turned into right now a a healthier snack and multivitamin company so we do multivitamins for kids and we do these amazing tasty healthier snacks for adults and for kids we have a bunch of different snacks on the shelves across the uae right now and you know it's slowly exporting across to other markets and there's a huge expansion plan that we're working on over the next uh six months where we will will be in other aspects of of what we're doing. Um, and there's even a bigger, uh, you know, for 2022, we've already got some things lined up for 2022. So it's a brand that I want to create and we're created. That is, I want it to be a trusted brand in the market where you know you're going to get something of positivity, of, of health, of, of love, of, of family. Um, you know, so whatever we put out, it's always relating back to what we're trying to do. And that's just create a, a, a brand better for you. It's whatever it is, be it a, a snack or a multivitamin or a drink. It's it's something that's better for you. Health is everything. As we started this conversation of with what we're, you know, what we take, you know, what what do I what do I want out of life? It's health. You know, I think that's the the basis of where it is. Because once you take health away from us, it goes. And you know, right now, a lot of us put really bad things into our body all the time. I'm not someone who is Mister health, health, health all the time. There's a time and place for a cheat meal or some treats or having the kids have some chocolate. I'm all for that. You know, taking the kids to go to McDonald's to have a treat, I'm all for that. But I think we've got to just make sure that we balance it the right way. It can't be bad preservatives. We don't know what we're putting in our body, chemicals, smoking, and and, and this is the other end. We need to sort of balance it out to be around like this. This is what I'm always saying. Try to get the goodness. Have your little cheats every so often, but, you know, look after what you're putting in your body. You know, food food is medicine at the end of the day for our bodies. You know, what we put in it makes us feel better. Yeah. And, I've, and I felt that firsthand. 100%. Chris, last year you tried your hand at acting. I never saw the movie, but I was um, doing some work with Casey, the lead actor in that movie. Love it. And he said that you put the professional actors to shame. He said you were absolutely awesome. You just walked on set and you were just a complete pro. Do you, how was that experience for you? And do you, or have you acted again? And do you have any further plans or would you like to act further in the future? No, listen, firstly, yeah, Casey's amazing. He, he's, a, he's a legend. Um, no, it, Acting for me, I, I can't learn a script. So the reason why I did all right on that is that the director at the time, I told him straight out, dude, I can't learn a script. I find it very difficult to learn scripts. What we do on the radio is live. 
what I do on my social media is live. What I do in front of a camera, if I'm at the Oscars with OSN, whatever, it's live. It's, it's not scripted. So when someone gives you a script and says, here you go. So what I did is I just learned the act. I learned the role. And then I went on to the, in front of the camera and just delivered lines as I wanted to deliver them. It still went with the story. So I found that easier to be able to do that. And thankfully I did. Um, I enjoy doing it. Do I want to do it long-term? No. You know, it's such a tedious thing. These actors, I feel sorry. Like you're on set for seven hours to get three minutes of footage. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. On, on radio, it's just so go, 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 go. It's spontaneous. It's live. So it's just, um, yeah, I, it's something that I don't mind dabbling in every so often if there's an opportunity to do something small, but to do it full time, no. Okay. And if you ever do do that again in the future, um, you should speak to a friend of mine. I've interviewed him on my podcast. He's a memory coach, Josh McCartney. I think, I think I've had... Josh on my show. Is he Australian? Yes. Yeah. Had him, He's a singer. Yeah, I've had him on my show. He's a singer. Yep. And I'm telling I met, you, he, I met, go on. I met Josh. I met Josh at the gym. I was training at the gym at uh, at a gym, and he came up to me and he said, "Hey, mate, nice to meet you." We got talking. He said, "I'm an artist, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And then he told me he's a memory coach. Brought him on the show. He did a couple of things which was super cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know, I know what uh, I know all about him. Remember, the the mind is is powerful when you want to use it the right way yeah there's so, so many amazing accelerated learning techniques that that you can use to kind of remember things um i've incorporated them in the past and yeah it's absolutely incredible but yeah i totally get what you're saying about the excite you know being live and and the scripted and the differences between that Chris, I'm going to ask you one last question because I think I said to you half an hour and I don't want to go. And I know we've gone a little bit above half an hour. Um, you talk a lot about the UAE being a place that you're very happy, that you've made your home and that you that you really enjoy living living in. What What is it do you love about the UAE? I just think I love... I love, there's, a, there's many things, it's not just one, but one of the things is the acceptance and the tolerance I feel. Uh, when I moved from Australia back in 2008 and I moved here, I didn't know anything about any other religion or culture. I mean, I knew a little bit, but, but I know so much about everyone's culture, everyone's religion. I know what people are celebrating every year. I know what people are eating at their homes from around the world. I've met the most amazing people. There's not a, there's not a country in the world that I don't think I could travel to where I wouldn't know someone because of this country that I live in now. So that's one of the reasons. Uh, one, of the other, one of the other reasons is just their drive. I feel like they're just always wanting to move forward. They always want to develop the next thing they want to be first. And I love that about them. There's no dream. That's there's nothing that's not possible. And that's what I love about the city. And that's what I love about the country, the vision that they have looking forward. It's, it's remarkable to have that, you know, and, and this is not throwing shade on, on any other country, but I go home to Australia sometimes and I feel like we're stuck in the eighties or the nineties. I love home. 
Home is, Australia is gorgeous, one of the most beautiful countries in the world. My family all reside there. But I just feel like we're, we're stuck. We're stuck in an era that we, I come back to this city or in this country, I'm like, whoa, it's fast-paced moving. We've got this building. We're trying this future technology. We're doing that. Which, and that's what I love about it. It's just the, the, the forward momentum of what it does. And it pushes you, mm-hmm. pushes you to be a better person. I wouldn't be able to do what I was doing now back home in Australia. No chance. It's this city and this country that gave me the abilities to do so. Where do you see yourself in the future? Do you see yourself moving back home to Australia, maybe America? Not in the, not in the immediate future, no. Not in the immediate future. I mean, I, we're loving it here and I love everything about it. Um, if, if an opportunity, depending on how Fate Fit goes as a company as well, if that expansion plan starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger, there may be a, a reason for me to have to move somewhere else. But radio will always be in me and I always want to do the Virgin Radio gig. Like for me, that's my heart. It's my passion. It's my love. Um, so right now, no, home is the UAE and I don't see it looking elsewhere. But, it, you know, further down the line, who knows? I miss my family. You know, I miss Australia. I miss being able to be next to my mum and dad every day and pop over to see my brother and my godson and my sisters. You know, I came for two like many people do and it's been 12. So, you know, who knows? No one knows that. I don't know that. But right now it's time and I'm happy. Okay, amazing. Chris, thank you for being such a fantastic guest. Very short but sweet. And, um, yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. It's been an amazing chat and I appreciate it as well. So thank you.